0: well hello everyone and welcome back to the tips and advice for business podcast coming up in this episode for many employers dealing with sickness absence is the number one hr challenge but now it seems that getting hold of a signed fit note has become easier is it right that a health professional can sign off an employee for a reason outside their area of expertise plus your company has a short-term cash flow problem One way around it would be to delay making PAYE payments. But what would be the consequences, if any? Keep listening and all will be revealed.
1: You're listening to Tips and Advice for Business, the weekly podcast that trawls through the latest business news, legislation and case law, distilling often complex legal and tax requirements into bite-sized advice and realistic solutions to everyday challenges. And all this in just a few short minutes because we know that your time is precious. The Tips and Advice for Business podcast is freely available on all the usual platforms such as Spotify, Apple, Amazon and Deezer and is brought to you by those ever so nice people at Indicator FL Memo. For supporting information, please visit indicator-flm.co.uk. Your host today is Duncan Callow, solicitor and publisher.
0: Any healthcare professional who's a registered nurse, occupational therapist, pharmacist or physiotherapist can now issue a fit note. But are they able to sign employees off work for any reason and give advice outside their area of expertise? Well, what's happened here? What's changed? Well, in a nutshell, since the 1st of July this year, in addition to a medical doctor like a GP or a hospital consultant, a fit note, or as it's more correctly termed, a statement of fitness for work can now be issued by a healthcare professional who is, as we just said, a registered nurse, a registered occupational therapist, a registered pharmacist, or a registered physiotherapist. What does this actually mean in practice? Well, let's give you an example. If an employee attends a registered pharmacist about, I don't know, an allergic reaction, perhaps they've had a bee sting, uh, they could be issued with a fit note at the pharmacy. Equally, a registered physiotherapist could issue a fit note to an employee who has a bad back or serious neck problem. It's, doesn't this look like carte blanche to get employees signed off work much more easily? Who knows? Likewise, a registered nurse, perhaps their work at a GP surgery, could issue a fit note if they see an employee for follow-up care following an operation. Now, these fit notes could either provide advice to help the employee return to work or sign them off work for a period of time. That's potentially uh, the risk area for you as the employer. Now, what about questions of medical fitness outside of their expertise? Well, in the examples we, we just looked at, the registered healthcare professional should be acting within their area of expertise. But can they give advice which is outside of this area or sign an employee off work for any reason whatsoever? For example, could an occupational therapist sign an employee off work due to a nasty stomach bug? Well, actually, worryingly perhaps, in theory, the answer to both of these questions is yes, because when it comes to issuing fit notes, these four registered healthcare professionals can do exactly the same as medical doctors. There are no restrictions placed on them. However, what they can do in theory and what they will do in practice are probably two different things because... Whilst these four registered healthcare professionals groups can and may well sign an employee off work for any reason, it's unlikely that they would do so or give advice outside of their area of expertise to assist a return to work. This is really due to the fact that their professional insurers probably wouldn't indemnify them if they do it. And likewise, if they go against the requirements or advice of their professional body or regulatory uh, authority. So what can you draw from this? Well... You can't generally challenge a fit note where an employee is signed off work, regardless of which healthcare professional or doctor has issued it, because in this situation the employee is deemed incapacitated or not fit for work. That said, you can still challenge suspected or fraudulent sickness absence in the usual way. Conversely, of course, you don't have to automatically accept the advice that's given in any fit note. It's information for the employee and not binding on you in any way. And if you suspect that a fitnote has been faked you can of course can contact the individual who purportedly issued it and ask them for clarification which they should willingly provide so in conclusion just like a gp or hospital doctor the registered healthcare professional uh, concerned who may now issue fit notes can also deem an employee unfit for work for any reason that's the theory They can also give advice outside of their own area of expertise to assist a return to work. Whether they do so in practice is probably unlikely. And of course, remember that if they do give this advice, you're not obliged to follow or implement it. That's down to you. Hope you found this helpful. Like many businesses at the moment, yours is suffering with a short-term cash flow problem. You've got lots of large bills to pay. Uh, and you're having to juggle to prioritise which one get paid and which don't. It's been suggested to you that one solution would be to delay making the PAYE payment by a few days. Is this feasible? And if so, what are the consequences potentially of doing so? Firstly, when is the PAYE payment late? Well, for most employers, electronic PAYE NI payments have to reach HMRC's bank account by the 22nd of the following month. If the 22nd falls on a Sunday then the payment has to be made by the last working day before the 22nd. The next time this happens uh, this year is in October when the 22nd falls on a Saturday. So do ensure the payment is made on Friday, 21st of October. If you're late with the PAYE payment, the first consequence is that you'll incur interest on it. The rate for late payments is currently 4.25% and this is calculated daily. But of course, in addition to interest, there are potential penalties. The rules allow for one PAYE late payment per tax year without incurring a penalty. But if payments are late on two or more occasions, the penalties range from between 1% and 4%. And of course, additional late payment penalties may be charged where the payments are outstanding for more than six months. And again, if any payment is still outstanding after 12 months. So... The advice here is clear and obvious. If you're going to be late with your PAYE payments, keep that period as short as you possibly can. Now these penalties are automatic and computer generated, but you can appeal against them if you had what's called a reasonable excuse for the late payment. What is a reasonable excuse? Well, as you probably expect, there's no definition. It's something which has to be considered on a case-by-case basis. But the reasonable excuse only protects you from the penalty, doesn't absolve you from the tax or interest, which is still outstanding. There are various tests of reasonableness, but they all amount to the same thing. The employer has to behave in a way that any reasonable, responsible person would behave in connection with their payroll obligations. Typical examples of reasonable excuse include death or serious illness or unforeseen events such as theft, fire or flood. The bad news in this case is that lack of funds is not generally a reasonable excuse unless attributable to events outside of your control. But where you are unable to make payment because, for example, a large customer is late paying you, you can apply to HMRC's payment support service for what's called a time-to-pay agreement. Now, such an agreement allows for the outstanding PAYE to HMRC to be paid back in monthly installments typically over a period of up to 12 months, although depending on your circumstances, it could be longer than this. And the big advantage of such an agreement, uh, rather than simply not paying, is that as long as you have uh, this agreement in place before the deadline for late payment penalties to be charged, you won't have to pay any such penalties. So in that sense, it's a bit of a win-win. So in summary, if this is the first and only time in the tax year that you intend to make the PAYE payment late, It isn't classed as a default, so there's no penalty as long as you make the payment within six months of the due date. If you think you're going to struggle further down the line, it's definitely worth contacting HMRC to uh, make what's called a time-to-pay agreement. Well, can you believe it? We've reached the end of another episode of the Tips and Advice for Business podcast. But don't worry, we will be back again soon with even more incisive advice that you can apply to your business on a daily basis. But until then... Thank you for your time and goodbye.
1: You've been listening to the Tips and Advice for Business podcast. Every week we trawl through the latest business news, legislation and case law, distilling often complex legal and tax requirements into bite-sized tips, advice and solutions. For more information about our products and services, please visit indicator-flm.co.uk.